I'm Karen. And I'm Michelle. We're sisters. And homeschool moms. Welcome to the Layers of Learning podcast. Where we talk about family style homeschooling. Hi, welcome to the podcast today, everyone. I am Karen, and I'm here with my sister, Michelle. Hello. And today, we're going to talk about some of the hard seasons in homeschooling. We're calling this episode Baby Steps because when things get tough, or even sometimes just when you're on a new learning curve, or you've gone through a transition, or your kids have gotten a little older, or you're having some behavior problems, whatever it is, sometimes you have to dial things back and go, okay, I'm just going to take one little tiny step, one more step, one more step. So we're calling this episode Baby Steps. Now, this kind of stemmed from a normal conversation that you and I were having, Michelle. Often people who connect with us, you know, online or things, you know, layers of learning families, they think that we have some picture-perfect homeschool. And maybe that's our fault. Maybe we don't always tell about the hard things that happen in our homeschool. We do, kind of. I mean, we've told about our kids that struggle with different learning problems and things. But people get the impression that everything is good in everyone else's homeschool except their own. And today we're just going to let you in on it's not always good in our homeschools and it's not always good in any homeschool, I don't think. Yeah, so we're going to talk about some of the struggles that we have had and also we're going to talk about what we did, what strategies we used to help us get through those times and the things that we learned from going through those things. We hope it will be helpful to you. We're definitely not complaining about our lives. We both know that we're super blessed. We feel so lucky to be homeschool moms. We've chosen this for our lives and we love it, but it doesn't mean it's always been easy. Yeah, and we mostly want you to know that you're not alone. You're not the only one going through tough things. Everybody does. And no homeschool mom ever comes out of it saying, well, that was easy. Yeah, and fun. When you look at Pinterest and search for homeschooling ideas, everything seems fun. You say, wow, homeschooling's so fun. But then when you're in the daily grind, there's a lot that's not fun. It can be really different, especially when you have tough days that come up in your family or in your homeschool. And so we're going to tell you about a few of the tough things that have happened in our homeschools over the years. Okay, so my toughest homeschool season, the period of time that was hardest for me to homeschool was kind of a long time. It was roughly from 2008 to 2014. That's six years. That was really (laughs) hard. And the reason it was hard is because I have six children. That means I have six different levels of math to teach all at once. Every day. Every day. And my kids, especially my two oldest, my two oldest were not independent learners. You had to be standing over them and making them do it every moment or they were goofing off or just not bothering. They were not self-starters. They just didn't. I don't know if there was something I could have done different that would have made them that way. But whatever it was, they were not self-starters. So I had to be standing over them. And at the same time, all four of my youngest were non-readers. So I was I was sitting there having to do every single lesson with every single kid. And it was really hard. That's mentally exhausting, emotionally exhausting, plus just physically tiring. You know, well, it's just and, and I felt like a failure all the time. I felt like he's not learning his math lesson. He's not learning his math lesson either. either. If I'm focusing on this kid, then I'm neglecting that kid. And I felt like that all the time. So it was, it was really hard. They did learn through that period. They did progress. We got through it. It's not like no learning happened. It's just that I felt like no learning was happening during that time. Yeah, I think 
we tend to put a ton of pressure on ourselves and we go, oh no, I'm not doing enough. And the truth is maybe there's no way to ever do enough. Where's the finish line? You know, there's never a point that as a mom you go, I did enough. <laughs> you yeah, know, you, you yeah. always start to think, ah, I should be doing more. And, and I had I had these children who were non-readers and some of them were non-readers because they had learning disabilities. I don't have learning disabilities. It took me a long time to figure out what was going on in their brains and how to help them. And it, it's made worse by the fact that even though they all had dyslexia, every single one of them had a different kind of dyslexia. Like it, it was it was not the same between any two kids. So I'm trying to figure out all of this, trying to do six lessons all at once. I've got, you know, small children that are preschool age. There's some of the ones that were non-readers, but it was <laughs> just, reading yet. it was just a lot. Yeah. And, and during the six year period, of course, they grew up and were in school, but still it was until about 2014 when my third son started really reading independently on his own. And then the older ones started to age out. Like it was, it was a long time they before did get I had independent, but it took, it took a long time, a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was one of my tough homeschooling seasons too. I describe it or see it differently a little bit in our home. But when I was teaching high schoolers at the same time I was teaching elementary school kids, having that big spread was hard. You know, it's easy to say, all right, we're, we're all going to have math at the same time. But the little kid who has a quick math lesson is totally different from the involved you know, trig yeah, lesson yeah, that right. you're teaching. You're sitting there trying to learn advanced math t- concepts with your high schooler at the same time that you're trying to help the little one learn to count. It's like, ah, yeah. <laughs> you're just so spread thin and you can't even entirely focus enough. And I always felt like I was failing every kid because I couldn't give enough to any one kid at one time. That's how I felt all the time. You were just spread thin and it it's stressful and it's difficult and you just go... I might be failing this whole venture. What am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> you worry because, I mean, that many hours, that much of your life that you've put into it and you're a failure, that's scary. And we have both been there. It's hard. Okay. So some of the things I did that I I felt at the time like it was my only choice. But looking back, not only was it my only choice, but it actually was the best way to handle it. But at the time, I felt like I was just throwing my hands up in the air and going, well, some things are going to have to slide. So what I did is some things had to slide. And I realized I can focus hard with math on this child on Monday, but the rest of the week, I can't. And whatever he does, he does. You know, I'll help him little bits and pieces, but I can't sit there for an hour with every single kid going over the math lesson. So Nathan would get Mondays and Tim would get Tuesdays. And I sort of let things slide in that way. They didn't get the attention every day that they really could have used, but it was the best I could do. And it didn't mean that you didn't expect them to do math every day. It's just that you weren't going to be focused one-on-one big time with every kid every day. You can't. So some of those math lessons that they got through, they probably didn't learn as much as they should have. Maybe they missed a lot more problems that I didn't catch. Maybe they they had issues that I never helped solve with them, but it was the best I could do at the time. Yeah. One of the things I had to do kind of in that same way, I sort of had to accept that we weren't going to do all of the things super well all of the time in lots of subjects. You know, it wasn't just looking at math. It was looking at it and saying, you know what, all I can do today is 
we're going to make a map as a family, you know, in layers of learning. I can't do everything, but I can do this thing. I just had to say, what's the one thing that we can do right now and not look at the whole big picture? Because when I looked at the whole big picture, I got super overwhelmed. When I had a big stretch of kids all at different levels, that's actually part of where Layers of Learning was born. It was through these struggles. It actually was. When we started, these early times that we're talking about, it didn't exist yet. And as we kind of said, oh, we can't do all the things with all the levels and all the kids, we started to talk to each other about it because, you know, we're sisters. Before Layers of Learning existed, we were sisters. And we kind of started to say... How can we simplify this and make yeah, it so our whole well, family can do it? We started Layers of Learning. It was 2008. Yeah. And that's, that's again, like I said, that's the beginning of my most difficult homeschool season. That was the year my youngest son was born. And because of having all these kids at all different levels, we went, we need family school. I cannot do this anymore. And it took, it's kind of ironic because during that hardest time, that's also when we started doing Layers of Learning. We were blogging every day. Like we added this extra stuff onto us. But in a way, that kept me motivated. In and the long run, it made it easier. It, yeah, us. in the long run, it made it easier. But we related today. We don't write a blog post a day. We blog a couple times a year, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. If that, we podcast. We podcast once a month. More, yeah. Um, we spend a lot more time working on the actual on the curriculum, on writing and, curriculum, and. But at the time, that. we were we were really really deeply involved in getting layers of learning started, mm-hmm. and we were really really overwhelmed with kids and both of us had husbands who were gone a lot yeah my husband was in the military and then he was a a truck driver with long long hours yeah and and mine's a pilot who was gone more than he was home and so we kind of had to we didn't live in the same area at all Michelle and I were not neighbors Mm -hmm. different states but we still talked constantly talked about layers of learning and about homeschooling and our families and we kind of were there as a support system for each other and I would say that's actually a good tip too in those hard seasons often you need somebody who you can just go I'm gonna tell you right now about my failures somebody who won't judge you yeah so yeah you do I think you need that and you also need them to tell you hey here's something that I do like like they can give you tips they can give you support they can just listen to you whine a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and then they can also say, Hey, I'm going through the same thing or I've gone through something tough also, you know, I am honestly not sure if I would still be homeschooling if you weren't Michelle, like, because in those well, early years when it was puts super a lot tough, of pressure on me, no, no, when it was super <laughs> tough, you were a sounding board and I could whine to you and you would be like, yeah, me too. <laughs> Solidarity. <laughs> you know. So, you let me know when you figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we did bounce ideas off of each other, and we obviously came together in this big layers of learning project, which was hugely, you know, monumental in the way we Yeah, and actually, I think that's why I bring up math so often, because math was actually the subject that was hardest for me to juggle with all the kids, because we were already starting to do this family school thing. We with figured out the other stuff. Yeah, it was like, well, I already had figured out, okay, I can do the history lesson, with my 14 year old and my six year old at the same time. Like I had already, we had worked that out like, and it, and it works and it's effective, but math is not that way. Neither is teaching kids to read. Yeah. They need the individual one-on-one time to read. That was another thing that I had to juggle. That was tough. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think that it really helped me though, through that season to have you because you knew what I was going through and that's going to look different for different people. I mean, we happen to be sisters who both homeschool. So that's awesome. And we've always, you know, we shared a room when we were little kids and we've 
shared lives our whole time. You know, even when we haven't lived at all in the same place, you lived in Hawaii and I lived in Florida and we were all yeah, over the place, yeah. but we always kept in touch and we had each other in that way. You kind of need someone to help you through those hard days. And it doesn't have to be another homeschooler. It can just be a good friend too. If, yeah. You know. Yeah. Another thing that Karen, that I did, I did really good summertime preparation. So I already had my lesson plans. I what I didn't feel like I was scrambling all the time to figure out lesson plans. That would have added a whole extra layer of burden on that. I luckily I'm an organizer and a planner. And so getting that stuff put in order in the summer made a huge difference. So that is actually the reason that I have never done year round homeschooling. A lot of people do, but I need a season to recharge and to get organized again for the next year. My summertime is as much work as the rest of the year in certain ways, but I need that season to, to reset and, and start over and get organized so that I can go in excited and happy and feel like I have things together. Cause in those years when we were super busy and teaching all of those different ages at once and, you know, yeah, really feeling alone that kept me able to do it. You know, one of the hard times in my homeschool actually came before this time of teaching all the kids at once. And that was, it was a struggle when I had a brand new baby and a toddler. And then I was also teaching older kids and it wasn't even about the teaching. It was about, I was so tired do you did you ever breastfeed while you're teaching kids spelling? Oh or? yeah, <laughs> a lot of times. <laughs> I know. And and cried a little at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. kind of a mess through a lot of that time, and part of it is that I was hormonal and exhausted, and you know, babies don't sleep. Yeah, I did not have great sleep. I didn't have babies that slept. No. So I was just worn to death. I was. Yeah. I didn't know if I was going to make it some days just physically. And it wasn't even all about the homeschooling. It was about, I don't know if I can wash the dishes. And so some days I had to say, I'm going to wash a dish. <laughs> I can't do it all. I'm just going to do what I can. And the laundry was overwhelming. And all of it just felt so overwhelming. I didn't know how I was going to make it through the days, some of those days. In 2000. What year was it? Oh you know gosh, we're aging ourselves. Ago. I know. I know. <laughs> They're going to be like, I was born in that <laughs> If you have that comment, don't tell us. <laughs> right. Don't, don't tell us. <laughs> we love you for making us feel younger than we are. <laughs> you, you two will be old someday. Yeah. <laughs> but in, I think it was it was 2004. Yes. What happened in 2004? In 2004, my husband went to Iraq. He was in the military. He spent a year in Iraq because we were having a war over there. And (laughs) so uh, during that year, I actually had a baby born a week before he left. Okay. So I have a one week old infant and I have a toddler, well, a preschooler. And then I had two school aged kids and we left Hawaii me and the kids did, and we came back to the mainland, and we lived with my parents for that year. I had two suitcases of stuff for a whole family, and that's what I homeschooled with. We didn't move our household. We just came with a few suitcases and lived with my parents for that year because I had a new baby and four little children, and they were just helping us out while my husband was in Iraq. So I didn't have all my homeschool stuff. I wasn't in my own home. My husband was in a war zone. Like It was, it was very that's stressful. Stress. 
Yeah. If that was a hard season. And there's nothing you can do to control that or change it. That no. was just the situation of life. No, but to tell the truth, in one way, it was a little easier. And that's because my mom was there and she would take the baby. She took that little infant and she held him and rocked him while we were doing school. It took one child out of my hands. <laughs> you, you had an extra set of it helping really, hands. It really was, that was a huge help. But, but you know, the whole situation was difficult. And No matter what, just having Cameron over in Iraq would have been super stressful by itself you know you're scared you're you're nervous and you don't have your husband there helping with the day-to-day supportive stuff too you know right right and I don't know and then you weren't even in your own home you were although you were at mom's which was a huge help and I'm trying to make life normal for my kids so you know I'm still signing them up for soccer and and scouts and the other little things that we do and you know it was you know we're living in a bedroom and it's just my parents were amazing, but it was still hard. Like it's hard. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that you said reminded me of another thing that made our early homeschooling years hard. And that is, I thought that in order to be a good homeschool mom, I had to sign my kids up for all the things. And I way overtaxed myself. It was the same time that I had a baby and a toddler. And, you know, I had these little ones, but then I also had these bigger kids that I thought, they need to be in soccer and they need to play basketball and we've got to do art lessons and piano lessons and the field trips. And yeah, yeah. I was pretty sure that I wasn't a good mom if I didn't do all those things, especially because we're homeschoolers and we don't want them to be, you know, all cooped up in a house all day. We want to be the good definition of a homeschooler that is out and about and doing things. And so I was really over pressuring myself. And as we mentioned, I also didn't have a husband who was there most of the time because he was off traveling and working. And So you so, would have two kids who had to be at soccer practice at two different places at the exact same time. Yeah. And that happened all the time. Yeah, time and time yeah. again. But but which kid am I going to say, sorry, you can't do soccer or you can't be there, <laughs> yeah. you know? And instead, I would run back and forth and have one person late and, and cry on the way. And, you know, I was thinking I'm a failure at everything. Because I thought I had to do all the things. And honestly, it would have been better off if I had not done so much. Looking back, I would tell my younger self, cancel some of that stuff. You can be a good mom, even if you're not in all the things. But at the time, that was my whole definition of what I needed to do to be a good mom. A lot of those times that were tougher for me, I look back and I think, you know what I did? I just said today. I can do today. Yeah. I think if you look at tomorrow, you might not be able to do today. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, and if you look at the whole year or even the whole week, or I mean, even if you're just talking about your homeschooling, oh my gosh, they have to learn how to do Latin roots. And, you know, you're, you're talking about your six-year-old. You don't have to worry about Latin roots yet. Just do today. You know, Latin roots are way in your future. <laughs> don't worry about them. Just do today. I, I, don't worry about them knowing all of the higher level stuff right now. Just do today. Yeah. When we say baby steps, that's what we mean. You will get to all of the things as you get to all of the things. But I think we often get overwhelmed. I shouldn't say this as you're listening to our podcast, but sometimes you have to turn off the voices. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you have to turn off all the voices that are saying this is the definition of a good homeschool. Put, Put down the homeschooling books. Put the Pinterest away for a while. Yeah. Manage your day, manage your minute if you have to just manage your minute. Love your kids, you know, take 
take a break, put down the math lesson for a day and say, you know what? We're going to get a blanket and a book and snuggle up and read. You know, that's that's something that sometimes I think I did, but I wish I had done more, is I, I could have looked at the day and said, okay, what are the real priorities here? What is actually important? Is yeah. getting the casserole to the church function really important, or is or is snuggling with my baby important? Yeah. And I think very, very often we look at the external things and we think that's more important and we put our family on the back burner Yeah. because you find yourself somehow socially accountable to the groups and the yeah. clubs and the teams and the... But so-and-so is counting on me. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, so-and-so is probably having their own set of struggles. And if you told them, you know what? I can't do it. This is a hard season. I'm not going to make it right now. They would probably say, I get it. Don't even worry about it. You know, sometimes we have to just say, I don't, I don't ever want to be the kind of person who says I'm going to do something and then doesn't. But I do want to be the kind of person who can admit when I can't do something. I need to be able to say, I wish I could do that, but I cannot do that right now. You know what I used to do with my kids? I wanted them to be in sports because I felt like it was good for them to be on a team. I th- felt like it was really good for me to have another adult telling them what to do sometimes. Yeah. And I wanted them, it was also our PE, you know, I did. Yeah. I, that was how we, we got our physical education, but I knew I couldn't handle it. All, I have six kids. Have I mentioned that? <laughs> so <laughs> I knew I couldn't do all six kids in every sport, every season, all the time. So I told them you can choose one sport through the year. Like not only can you, but you have to, <laughs> I made them, I made them pick one so they could do soccer or basketball or something else you know like they could pick a sport and I gave them options and then they picked something and what it happened is that one might pick soccer another picks baseball and another picks basketball those are three different times of the year so I didn't ever have all six in sports all at the same time it broke it up because I knew I couldn't handle that much Karen actually did handle all of that at once but I I, I wasn't do it I was a crazy messed up person though when I was doing it I mean I I had my kids all doing like soccer, they were all in soccer. And I was teaching piano at the time. So I had 18 piano students. Every afternoon I was teaching piano lessons. And then we also had our church functions and our scouts. And you were working on layers of learning. And I was working on layers of learning. And I was very much by myself because Bob was off flying. And I practically drove myself into the ground. And it took a lot of chaos and a lot of I'm failing at everything before I realized, you know what, maybe you won't fail at everything if you don't try to do all the things. Yeah. So I really had to cut back. And it was hard because I felt like I was admitting to defeat. But it's well, actually made us better. Well, if there had been three or four of you, you'd been fine. I, <laughs> why couldn't I clone myself? I know. <laughs> Sometimes I think, if it were reversed, if my husband were doing what I am doing, could he do it? And I'm like, nah, I'm doing okay then. I'm all right. <laughs> I'm a success after all. Yeah. He wouldn't even try. I mean, he'd go, forget this. We're having mac and cheese for dinner. I do really think, though, Michelle, it's so much better to do a few things really well than to do all of the things badly. I think so, too. And I think that's why it's important to go, okay, what is the actual priority? To step back and say, what is really important here? What really needs to happen? What's essential? You know, it's essential that the kids get fed. Is it essential that you dust today? Probably not. Is it essential that you dust at some point in the future? Yeah, probably, but it doesn't have to be today. You know, you just have to pick what's my priority right now at this season, on this day, in this hour, 
you know, what needs to happen that's the most important. Sometimes it's taking a nap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really is. You need to figure out those little tiny things that give you success too. Like like I mentioned, the snuggling up with my kids and reading a story. I don't know what it is about that, but when I've done that, it's just like a little dose of feel good in the middle of even the hardest time. I go, I was a good mom because I read to my kids today. It, it is, and it also, it makes you feel like, if that's the only thing you did for homeschool, you're still like, I did homeschool. I did it. <laughs> I did it. I did it. And I mean, we're looking back from a lot more perspective at this point in time. But if someone just listened to this and they went, all they did is read with their kids. All they did is one math problem that day. No, actually, our kids have gone on to be really super successful and they've done great. It's not all a hard season. And kids do actually learn a lot, even yeah. if you don't get all the things into every they single do. day. But and, and like reading a book really does teach them a lot of things all at once. It really can be a whole homeschool day if you pick the right book. But but the point is, yeah, we're talking about seasons. We're talking about one day. This one day, all I could handle was reading a book with the kids. And then I went and took a nap, you know, but that's not what happens every day. Yeah. And you're going to have hard days. You're going to have great days. On the great days, I sometimes fall into the trap of, I mastered it. Now I know how to do the great days. And then you have a hard day again and go, oh no, I didn't master anything. Yeah, or life changes unexpectedly and yeah. you didn't know this was going to be in your future and now it's here and you have a whole new crisis. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we talk about the early years of being hard, but just in the last two years, I've had my own brand new set of hard that I never thought would happen to me. And it was totally out of the blue. I was just standing there one day. I was actually teaching at church and all of a sudden my vision started to swim and I had massive vertigo and I didn't know what was wrong and it came in totally out of the blue. And long story short, within the week I was diagnosed with MS and multiple sclerosis was not something that I ever thought was going to, you know, happen in my life. I didn't even really think about things like that. I've lived a really pretty healthy life the whole time. And all of a sudden I was almost totally blind for the next six months. And still to this day, I mean, yesterday, I was just telling Michelle today, yesterday I couldn't see, so I couldn't drive yesterday. And that happens to me frequently now where I have to go, I can't see today, darn it. So so you've had to readjust your entire life. Your whole family has had to learn new patterns and habits and routines and coping structures. Yeah, I mean, how does a homeschool mom who can't see read to her kids? Well, and not only could you not see, sometimes you're in great pain. I, I was mean, in it painful. I was in massive pain. Sometimes I had paralysis. There were a lot of things happening to my body. I spent a while in the hospital and then now I'm on treatments that are really helping a lot, but I still have really hard days. And some days I wake up and I tell my kids, mom can't come out today. And I stay in bed all day and I don't show up in our homeschool at all. But your kids, what, what have you done to cope with that? I mean, I've seen some of it. You've trained your kids for one thing. Well, it, it does help. If this had happened when they were babies and toddlers, I don't even know what I would have done. I mean, that happens in some families, yeah. things like this. And I, I honestly don't know. I was really fortunate. My youngest is 11. He was nine when this happened. But he was reading already and pretty independent. And he had big siblings who really jumped in and helped. You know, like I had taught my kids, I guess I should have mentioned that one of the things that I've always done to help ease the burden off myself is have my kids be in buddies. And so the older kid works with the younger kid for part of the day. 
And that was something that I had to do when I was like, there are not enough of me. I can't teach the math lesson. But I realized, hey, my teenager who's doing algebra can certainly teach the elementary that, school math lesson. That's something I wish I had done during that hard time. Yeah, so kids, I, yeah. I always had my big kids read with my little ones, teach math to my little ones. Then I was helping a different one, you know. So when, when we were in that juggling, I had kind of taught them to do that. And I was really grateful for that when all of a sudden I couldn't see because, you they know. They could read for you. Yeah, we had taught them the good routines and they read for me. And even on days that I was there, I mean, I had some vision, but not enough that I could focus into to read words. The occipital lobe of my brain is really, really damaged from the MS. And so it affects my vision in a big way. But I had kids who luckily had their routines in place and could step in and do it. And did we have a perfect homeschool year? No, we didn't. We didn't have a perfect year. It was a really, really hard, really tough year, but... I just did those same things. I said, what can we do today? What can I do in this minute? And you gave yourself permission to say, we're not doing anything today. Mom is staying in bed. Yeah. Yeah. And and you trained your kids how to handle it when that happened. You know, our read alouds changed from mom reading to the kids to one of the kids reading to mom, which was super sad for me. That was, it was really, really hard for me to sit there and go, I can't read your math book. I can't read it to you. Tell me what it says and I'll try to explain it and we'll do the best we can. But I will say, Michelle, in those hard, hard homeschool seasons, even the math that we didn't learn, we learned the bigger life lessons that have mattered so much more than any of the math or any of the science or anything. Like my kids learned to be compassionate in ways that I didn't know could happen in teenagers. You know, and yeah, in, in yeah. little kids. And I don't know. Not think, just to you, but to each other, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Our whole home changed in ways that needed to because I couldn't do it all by myself anymore. They pitch in with things now that I never even would have asked them to before because mom just did it, you know? So this huge health crisis that totally changed everything actually changed things for the better in many ways, even though would I choose it? No. This is a disease I'm going to deal with for the rest of my life. It's always going to be hard. They know that once a month, mom has infusion days, and I go to the doctor, and I'm at the doctor all day, and I come home usually kind of a mess. And for a day or two, they know that mom won't be available. Like, I, I just have to deal. Yeah, you're going to be out for two or three days no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's just what happens. And then mom's back, and, and I'm really doing pretty well. Some people with MS have it a lot worse than I do. Um, I'm I feel really lucky that that I'm doing pretty well, but there are parts of my life, just like we said, I couldn't do all of the soccer teams. There are some parts that have suffered. I mean, for those of you in the Facebook group, I think it's, it's interesting. I don't know if anyone knows I'm not there as much. I used to be in the Facebook group every day, all the time. And then I couldn't see for six months, even to read a screen. So was I writing layers of learning? No. (laughs) Yeah. Was I typing in the Facebook group? No. There were things that I couldn't do and I didn't. Sometimes when you're in those hard seasons, you have to say, there are things I cannot do. And I think a big part of it is a mental adjustment, letting that be okay. It's it's hard to realize I can't do this and then feeling guilty about it. If you have no control over it, you have no control over it. And sometimes it's it doesn't have to be a health thing. It can be the number of children you have. You don't always have control over 
your circumstances or, you know, that your husband couldn't be there that day when he said he could be and then he's not and or when you were supposed to go to this activity and then it fell through. And I mean, things things happen on the big scale. They happen on the small scale. And sometimes you have to just let some things go. Let's let it go. You know, we talk to parents all the time and they tell us, oh, last year we moved twice or, oh, I went through a divorce or, you know, there are a million hard things that come up and they're going to disrupt your family. And that means they're going to disrupt your homeschool. So if you have in your mind that you just have to deal with it and you have to keep going, you have to, you have to deal with it and you have to keep going, but not in the same way that you've always done things. Sometimes you have to make adjustments. I wish if there was one thing I could go back and tell my younger homeschooling self, it's that you have years and years and years. You have days and days. You have hundreds of days to teach your children. And you need to teach them over those hundreds of days. But today, it's okay if you skip the spelling lesson because you're just too overwhelmed or you just ran out of time or whatever. You know, it's like it's going to accumulate and your kids are going to learn and they're going to do well. You don't only have one day to do it. Yeah. You've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of days. So give yourself a little break, relax a little, not to the point where you decide, never mind, I don't have to do anything, but to the point where you can now, it's manageable and you can handle it. I kind of look at it and say, wow, I was so worried about teaching every tidbit of every lesson and making sure I had all of the things. I was so into the minutia sometimes that I missed the big picture. And looking back, I go, yeah, did it matter that I was concerned about the details? Did that make me a better homeschool mom? In some ways, yes, because we developed the routines and the patterns that made it possible that when we went through the hard times, we could get through it still. But at the same time, the life lessons and the bigger picture are just as important, maybe more important than, you know, what you did that homeschool day. Yeah. And I, I think, again, it's just remember that your children are going to learn one tiny little piece at a time. And that learning is going to happen through your family life. Some of it's because of good experiences you have and positive experiences. And some of it is because of really hard things that you go through. You know, I, I didn't tell this when I told the story just now about MS, but probably the best thing that happened to me throughout that whole course of the hardship was that before I was diagnosed, you know, I, I said that I went through that time where I had vertigo and my vision was swimming and everything. And then I went to the doctor the next day and he started to do tests and try to figure out what was wrong. And when they had scanned my brain, they saw a lot of lesions that he thought were tumors. Could have been cancer. Right? And so, yeah, he called me and he said, Karen, it looks like you have brain cancer. The thing is, when you have one tumor, it's actually brain cancer. But when you have this many, that means the cancer started somewhere else and traveled through your blood to your brain. And he basically told me that I would die. And so that night, of course, I was awake all night with my husband and we were crying and talking and trying to figure things out because here he's a pilot who travels for, for work. He's gone all the time and we have children at kids home. Yeah. and I'm a homeschool mom. They've always been homeschooled. And if I'm going to die, we need to make some plans because this life doesn't work right. without me. And he was wrong. The doctor was wrong. It was MS lesions and you know, there was a lot of brain damage, but it wasn't going to kill me. 
But me thinking for that little bit of time that I was going to die completely changed how I saw everything. First of all, it made MS feel like a blessing, which is awesome because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> most of the time that diagnosis doesn't feel like a blessing. But it also made me stop and think about what's actually important. It made me stop and go, okay, what have I taught my kids? Do they know how much I love them? Are they the kind of people that I want them to be? Have I taught them who to be as, as a person? And all of a sudden, negative numbers and fractions felt less important than like the big picture things. And my husband asked me, what do you need to do? Do you need to go to Paris? Do you need to, you know, what are your bucket list things? And I said, all I need to do is do something that is impossible for me to do. I want to write letters to my kids for them to open, you know, on their wedding day and on their graduation day and when they have their first baby and all of those things. I wanted that and I couldn't see, I couldn't write. And it made me stop and realize, okay, I worry so much about the math lesson, but what should I worry about? So sometimes we have to like stop and go, okay, big picture. What is super, super important in my life? What do I need to do as a mom to matter to my kids? And that's how you get through the tough seasons is seeing the big picture. You're making me cry. I, we're sitting here like, <laughs> is, I'm like wiping my eyes. This is, it wasn't, it wasn't an easy couple of years, the last few years, but honestly, it was the best thing that could have happened in our family in a lot of ways because it gave me new perspective. It gave us all new perspective and it's made us grateful for every bit of our homeschool experience as a family. Like how much time have I spent with my kids? How much time have you spent with your kids? Even though it's six of them and it was hard, <laughs> you also... Yeah grow super close. Yeah, our family is much closer. Our kids are closer to each other. My oldest son is married and has children of his own now. He's got Grand cute kids. Grandmother. I'm yeah. still adjusting to that. But <laughs> you don't look like a grandma, so well, you're doing great, Michelle. <laughs> but the younger ones stop by his house all the time. They talk to they text each other, they talk on the phone, they go visit each other. They're they friends. help him with his projects. Yeah, they're friends. He he helped boy number four <laughs> I sometimes I call them just like four of six like like the Borg they're but too many <laughs> anyway number four he helped number four get his find a car that he could buy because he's you know driving now and stuff and he so he got him a car helped him buy it and then he helps him get winter tires and like like they do these things for each other because they're friends yeah they're really close and I don't I haven't made any of that happen. I mean, I homeschooled them. You did make it happen. I did make it happen, but I didn't, I haven't said, sat there and said, hey, now you need to go visit Nathan, you know. Yeah. I, I'm excited right now because my two oldest are in college and they're attending the same college and they're sitting there talking to each other and they're both going into totally different fields. But they're sitting there going, okay, what classes can we take together? They want to plan some of their schedule together. A lot of it won't work together because, you know. One is Different going majors. into dentistry, one's going into engineering. It's not going to be an overlap. But you have those general classes that, you know, they're taking together and they're excited to learn together because they always have, you know, yeah, yeah. they're used to helping each other out with homework and studying together and they already know they're great study buddies. And do they always see eye to eye? Our kids, you know, just because they're yeah. homeschooled don't that, they, they still, doesn't they mean still they don't have, fight yeah, right. they fight sometimes <laughs> they argue they're siblings you know that happens but overall I think that it's given us a closeness as a family I don't think I saw when I was a young mom 
But now, yeah, you didn't I'm know that that was going to happen, right? Yeah, right. and especially when you go through the tough seasons together, all of a sudden that changes you, and you go, "Oh, we yeah, did that." You guys had the year you built a house too. That was a hard and year. That was a hard year. You, your homeschooling was basically like, "Here, learn to saw a board. Here, learn to do electrical work." <laughs> well, and and I was. Even after we got home and we were exhausted from, you know, we were building every day and I'd still be like, guys, come join me for history. I was so tired. (laughs) And, and we didn't do all of the things, but we did what we could. And I think that's the point is. And luckily you didn't do sports that year either. Did you? We did not. We did. Well, we did basketball. Oh man. Our kids did it together that year. Remember? That's right. But it wasn't as hard for me as it was for you. (laughs) But. Not that time. That was easier because our kids were on the same team. And like even my little one was cheering, but she was cheering at the same time. So they were all doing the same sport. So you had one activity to go to. Yeah. But looking back, that was crazy. We were building a house and trying to homeschool. And my husband had just gotten a new job. Yeah. And I signed them up for basketball. Maybe I haven't learned my own lesson. (laughs) (laughs) But it was because they got to play with their cousins. Well, yeah. And... And you do try to make things as normal for your kids during times of difficulty as you can, don't you? I yeah, mean, you, you have to balance it. Yeah, I think it's so. It's a balancing act. But every single family has hard homeschool seasons. <laughs> now that we're talking about it, I'm like, wow, how did I not even think of the year we built a house? You brought it up. <laughs> that was a hard season. But you realize families go through stuff. How many years do you ever have in a row that are like, oh, it was peaceful bliss? Yeah. <laughs> Only on Pinterest, only on social media is it peaceful bliss. That's not reality. In real life, you have hard seasons. I don't even think it's supposed to be easy. If it was really easy all the time, I mean, like you said, the things you learn the most deeply, you learn during times of difficulty. Yeah. And lessons that you never could possibly teach out of any textbook. Lessons you could never sit down and have a lesson about are the things that you're going to learn during those hard times. So... Life isn't even supposed to be easy. None of us seeks out our problems, or at least hopefully we don't. But but we do learn from them in ways that we could never possibly learn. And our children will learn too. And getting through it really is baby steps. Yep. It's this little, what can I do today? Yep. What can I do to make it manageable right now? How can we get through this one challenge? And sometimes you have to put it all aside and just say, all we can do is the challenge. Yeah. You know, we're going to focus, some of the families that use Layers of Learning have reached out and talked about how their kids are going through health crises, you know? Right, right. They've got a child with cancer or they've got... Yeah. Yeah. Do you even worry about the history how, lesson? How important is math at that point? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it really... You kind of go, wait a minute, let's have some perspective and let's do the things that matter right now in this season that we're in. And just keep walking along with those little baby steps. And I don't know, it. even with every challenge that we talked about, when I look back at my life, I have no regrets about homeschooling or about the way we've chosen to do this in our family. It has been awesome. Don't you feel the same? Like when you think about the yeah. six boys and you think about the war and all of it, but, <laughs> but would you yeah. yeah, would you go back and say, I shouldn't have done that? No. I, and the interesting thing is that you can't see... Until you get to the end. Like Karen and I have mentioned, we have adult children now who have graduated out of our homeschool. You cannot see the fruits until you were in that stage. Even while they're still in high school, you can't really see the fruits. It is afterward and looking back, you can see, wow, that was actually 
the right decision for our family at that time? You know, I think it was last week, maybe the week before, one of my college kids, my daughter, she called me and she said, Mom, I don't know what to do. I was like, what's wrong, sweetie? And she said, here's the thing. I don't think I can be a homeschool mom. <laughs> and I said, I, you she's don't not have even to a be. mom yet. <laughs> she's not married. She's not a mom. She's <laughs> too young to be. <laughs> but she's taking a psychology class where they're learning about parenting. And she's had to write all these papers where she's analyzing family dynamics and parenting and everything. And so she's written about our family a couple of times, which is not your standard family. They've always been homeschooled. It's, yeah. it's kind of different, you know. But she's been examining this, and she said, I don't know if I can be a homeschool mom, but I want to give my family someday what our family had. And she was telling me about how so many of her roommates are like, I don't even miss my family. I'm so glad to be gone and, you know, all of this stuff. And she's going, I love my family. Not that she's not happy where she's at, but she loved what we had. We kind of built a life together in really significant ways because we were together all the time. We were always homeschooling, you know, and it, it made me go, Oh, it paid off. Oh, it paid off. Every hard day just got easy because she said she loved, you know, her childhood. Yeah. (laughs) It does eventually come back to reward you, even though it feels in the moment, like, I don't even know if I can do a baby step. Yeah. Well, and sometimes you feel like you failed your kids. Because today, right now, is really hard, and you're like, I, I failed them. I get, you know, and you're, they're ten. It's like it's okay. Yeah. You haven't failed them yet. You still have time. You can do this. Yeah. And she did ask me if I would homeschool her kids, and I was like, No. I don't like is that too. You I'm are done. parent. I'm done. I get to retire. She said she doesn't know if she's capable, and I said, You have no idea how incapable I felt. <laughs> No one you're like, I didn't do this because I thought I'm going to be awesome at this. That's not the thought process. It was like, it was more like, oh my gosh, this is a crisis and I have to fix it for my kid. I mean, that was more how it felt to me when I started homeschooling. Yeah. And, (laughs) and I didn't know how to teach calculus. I was teaching kindergarten, you know, like you start at the beginning and you figure it out. You're okay. Baby steps. Right. Right. But I don't know. We, we never want any of you to have the impression that, hey, life is perfect and easy if you just do it this way. (laughs) If anything, you need to know that life is never perfect and rarely easy. And you're not the only one going through the hard stuff. We've been through quite a bit and you've probably been through even more than we have. But if you just take baby steps through it and keep the big picture perspective of what it's all about, then homeschooling can be an awesome, awesome thing for your family. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating wherever you listen. Ratings and comments help people find happy family style homeschooling. Visit us at layersoflearning.com, at Instagram, and on our Facebook group. And make sure to tune in next month for the next podcast. In the meantime, we wish you happiness in your homeschool. Have fun learning! learning.